Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes, this is your Axon Bulletin, and on Tuesday afternoon I'm delighted to be joined by Liam Carrigan, James McKenzie and Lawrence Connolly. Loads to discuss guys, you haven't had the opportunity to talk about uh, the weekend's endeavours, be that uh, Trophy Day, the celebrations down the Tron Gate, the Scottish Cup win on Sunday, and of course, looking ahead to the Scottish Cup final this Saturday. Liam Carrigan, it's a great time to be a Celtic fan mate. Oh, it is. Yeah, absolutely is. Um, you know, Saturday was great. Sunday was, if anything, possibly even better. I just seeing the seeing the Zombets well and truly put in their place was a was good. Um, that that sounds like a nineteen seventy soul band. <laughs> <laughs> I've been debating about a few different names for them: Zombets, Orangina's. I don't know, whatever you want to call them. But anyway, um, that was a great. A great weekend all round. It just says to me something, you know, that Celtic need to get on on, on the ball with coordinating this. Having the men's game on the Saturday, the women's game on the Sunday, or vice versa, is just, it's brilliant for fans like me abroad who only get one fix of Celtic a week. If I, Mm -hmm. do you think I could possibly have two? That would just be fantastic. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, talking about coordination, we'll also be talking about the stick Celtic fans are being taken from the press and various politicians all diving on um, the aftermath of the the trophy day. We'll be talking all about that. But we are also interested to discuss how we're going to line up. It's a big question and sometimes surprises us when that uh, graphic is released on Twitter about an hour. In fact, it's probably about an hour and 15 minutes before kickoff we get that, isn't it? Um, and there are a few surprises from time to time. 
but we've gone out there uh, against Aberdeen and excelled as we knew we could, Lawrence Conley. What was everybody panicking about, eh? Yeah, and Ange we trust, isn't it? You know? That's the mantra. You know, he's he's won the league at a canter. Uh, Obviously, he's lost three fairly new trophies, the the bragging rights, the toe-to-toe and the Beal League. So, hopefully next year... What about the Kenny Miller Cup? The Kenny Miller Cup? Did they not win that as well? Yeah. (laughs) The Kenny Miller Cup... One day, mate. One day. One day we may get it. We may get it. Let's not forget the coefficient challenge trophy. That's a new oh, one. Yeah, yes. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is that now? Is that a quintuplet that they've won this season? Fantastic. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think Ange will be looking to pick up all those, you know, add them to, to the normal two or three that we win every season. Yeah, let's not talk about Europe. Let's talk about all those gongs that are sitting at uh, Ibrox. And James, of course, uh, you watch with a, an avid and keen eye, you know, the developments at Celtic and also the developments uh, with the women's team. Uh, so as Liam was saying, the celebrations continued on to the Sunday. Um, and there's a, a few memes kicking about, which have uh, got a lot of people interested in the women's game, it's got to be said. Yeah, what, what a weekend. If you thought there wasn't, any aggro in the women's game before this season, you've had a, a flying head but a few months ago. <laughs> it wouldn't look at a place in a WWE ring, and now you've got even more of it on Sunday. But it was just an amazing weekend to be a Celtic fan, first of all. Who was panicking? I definitely wasn't. The alarm bells definitely weren't ringing in my mind. But that's the performance you wanted ahead of the Cup final. We spoke about it last week. You need an emphatic statement. And I, I attended the presser with Ange and Starfelt, and they spoke about how much... They, they treasure, they cherish these days because they might seem like for us as Celtic fans that they come around very often, you would think maybe they might lose some of the sweetness of how good they are but they don't, they just get better and better as it goes on. The players love it, it's great to see them on the park with their friends and family and then it was great to see the women's team get the job done on Sunday as well. I don't know if you saw Fran's interview after the game he's just an amazing character I don't know how he'd work out if he ever became the permanent manager at Celtic, imagine a win at Ibrox, and then Fran Alonso going mental on the touchline after oh. a win there. But it was just an amazing weekend all round. The thing with Fran, uh, we did a, a blog on Axrom.net about the first competitive game that the women's team played and uh, referred to in the Celtic view as the Celtic ladies at that time. And the manager, I don't know if you guys will remember, Lawrence and Liam, a guy called... Um, I've completely forgot his name. Dundee United player, John Holt. Was it John Holt? He played in the, the Dundee United league winning side. Um, he was a manager back then. And and what we've got now in Fran is a real character, someone with, with bags of charisma, but not just that. He's operating on half the budget of his main challengers and he's getting the job done. I mean, we were a whisker away from winning the league. We've won the cup, obviously. Um, and we will continue to support the women's team and cover the, the women's endeavours on a Celtic state of mind as well. The big game is approaching, fast approaching, it's got to be said, four days to go. And we're going to be talking about our thoughts on how we line up. The first off the bat today, Stephen Ray. Uh, welcome back to the show, Stephen. You're commenting on YouTube. Anyone else out there watching on YouTube who wishes to comment, then make sure you subscribe to the channel and you'll be allowed to comment then for obvious reasons. Um, if you enjoy what we do, also give us a big thumbs up on the YouTube. Stephen says... Maeda will start ahead of Abada and Kyogo could be an injury concern. Right, so we will be talking about front to back, how we line up, Liam, uh, commenting on the the, uh, the players that we discuss also. So 
I'm going to start with you, Liam Carrigan, and we're going to start with the back five. Uh, give me your thoughts on how we line up this Saturday. Right, well, Joe Hart and goal, obviously. Um, Centre-backs, um, you know, I actually thought that Iwata had a pretty good game on, on Saturday, mm-hmm. albeit, you know, Aberdeen never really threatened, but I thought he, he had a decent game. So it's a possibility Ange might put him in there, but I hope I hope it's Kobayashi and Starfield because if Kobayashi is frozen out, it's really going to, you know, it's going to dent his confidence, I think, because he's still a young man. So I hope I hope it's Kobayashi and Starfield. Um, Johnson and Taylor as your full-backs. That would be, you know... Johnson took a knock during the game, but he looked all right at full time. So I think he'll, I think he'll be, he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like commenter says, I think, I think Kyogo's the only potential injury injury worry getting into this. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll wait and see with that one. I'm sure Andrew will update us in due course. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously we were. We were in the pre-match. James represented Axholm in the pre-match. You got a chance to speak to Ange Postecoglou and Carol Starfelt. I'll be talking about Carol as well because he's already mentioned what Liam said there about Kobayashi, about some of the criticism being unfair on the kid, 22-year-old uh, Kobayashi. He's only played a handful of games. It's no right to rate him off, but uh, I agree with Liam in that I thought Iwata done really well against a fairly decent Aberdeen uh, strike force, even though... The, the entire side wasn't up to their best, or was it due to Celtic playing so so well? Um, talk us through the the presser then, James. You, you're a you're an aspiring uh, journalist, uh, broadcast journalist, moving into that career. When you go into a press conference conference with Ange, how are you feeling? Are you feeling a wee bit trepidation, perhaps, because obviously he doesn't uh, miss if if any question comes his way that he doesn't like. Well, I was lucky enough to speak to Ange twice. I say speak to him the first I saw him after the Tibbs game. He already has that sort of aura when he walks into a room where everybody's everybody's eyes on him, the attention's on him already. But and after a defeat to Hibbs, I may have crapped myself and hidden away at the back. I didn't really want any piece <laughs> of that. But he, he took the blame for some of the poor results, said the rotation it was on him. And it's good that um, we, we know he's humble already, but it was good that he could sort of admit it's my fault. I've rotated the team. I disjointed it. It's my fault. But I've not been hit with any of Ange's sort of singers. I've not been clipped and put on Twitter yet, thankfully. So, yeah, he's, he's got that aura about him. And Starfield did mention about the rotation as well, how that might have affected the team a bit. And it did, because we saw the team closer to full strength on Saturday, and then we saw a 5 0 hammering. And we've got a bit of worries about Kyogo. Ange did mention after the game that. He's played a final with one leg before and they got the double against Hibs, so he will be just fine. But if not, I've had a bit of worries about O since he came into Celtic, but he might have settled some of those doubts on Saturday. So if you thought he couldn't replicate Kyogo, he came on and he did just that. He got the same amount of goals that Kyogo did against Aberdeen. I'm not too sure about the celebration, though, from O, but I think we could be fine with him if he has to start against Inverness. I think he'll do just fine. Yeah, no, it's fair play. So what about the back five then, James? Are you agreeing with Liam or do you think that Awata keeps the jersey? I think Kobe Ashes looked very nervous. He hasn't looked settled. And I'm, I'm all for allowing him time to settle, but they don't allow someone to settle in a cup final. That's a game where the strongest team has to go out to get the job done. So I would have Awata and Starfield 
with Alistair Johnson and Greg Taylor. I think Johnson, he looked fine enough after the game. Kyogo looked like he was limping a bit. Mm. As we mentioned, he can play on one leg. So that would be my back five. And poor Kyogo was struggling to, with the weight of the trophy. He needs to get used to that. <laughs> Jungle Lion, welcome to the show. Celtic owe this shower a proper doing as well. No mercy from Jungle Lion this afternoon. Let's not uh, quite... Where are we saying? Let's not quite not do a 7-1. Leave that alone. 5-0 or 6-0 will do. Fair point. Is that still a record, guys? 7-1. Here's me getting it. It has been a domestic cup final, yeah. Mm. Yeah. 5 or 6 will do. Listen, we all know the cliches. 1 would do. The trebles, what's important, etc. But yes, after uh, Aberdeen, you come up against the third force in Scottish football, Lawrence. Anything's possible. I mean, we completely dismantled them at the weekend. Yeah. Great performance. Uh, you know we've touched on it. The team is back to, to full strength. You know it's, it's probably going to be the cup final lineup. Uh, I, I like Luca Kobayashi, but I think Awata has done enough to keep he, keep his jersey there. Uh, it's just Kyogo you're worried about, you know. But I know we should have enough to beat Inverness and secure a genuine world record. Yeah, an absolute yeah, uh, unquestionable. World records, yes. Not one of these world records for attendance in the Scottish second division. World records, no. no. Or a combined, record. a combined record. It's like putting all Ronaldo, original Ronaldo and Cristiano Ronaldo's medals together and saying that that's how many you've won. Ah, uh, but I think Cristiano bought the old Ronaldo's history, mate. Because you can Did do that. All right, that's fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) So you're sticking with the same defence as Saturday, Lawrence. Um, We're hoping to get as many of your comments up on the screen as possible. Ladies and gents, thanks everybody for getting involved. We're 500 strong. It's been a busy week. Michael McDonald, it was. And the result won't be far off either. It will be an easy win and a fitting goodbye to Ange. I wish him all that you're on the wind-up, Michael. I wish him all the best. Uh, Goodbye if Ange wants to have a quick holiday before we go to Japan. Um, talking of which, before we get into the midfield, Liam, what's your thoughts on the uh, the latest fixture? Because obviously you are our man in Japan, Gamba Osaka versus Celtic. Well, I um, I did say a couple of weeks ago that Gamba was one of the potential second opponents. Um, it's uh, geographically it makes sense if if Celtic want to maximise their exposure in Japan. Yokohama's right next door to Tokyo. And then Osaka is right in the heart of the Kansai region, which is like uh, southern central Japan, um, you know, a couple of hundred miles south. It's a good way to kind of cover as much of the country as you can in, in just one week. So, yeah, and uh, I'll, uh, I lived in Osaka for five years. Great city, wonderful people. Very much the uh, the Glasgow of Japan, I would say. Um Right. So I am really looking forward to getting down there, seeing the game and hopefully hitting up a few of my old mates for a couple of pints as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we're moving into the midfield. I want to get as many of your thoughts up on the screen as possible. Marky, your comment on YouTube was worried it could have been worse for Kyogo. Ligament damage or something. Looked like his ankle took the brunt of that challenge with the goalkeeper. Uh, Kyogo's had a few knocks since he came in. Um, he really has, but I was really happy that he got to the 33 mark you know he basically overtook Chris Commons and Moussa Dembele who in the last 20 years were two players who had scored 32 or more goals he's now um, at 33 he's not going to catch Lee Griffiths at 40 or indeed Henrik Larson who like to score more than 40 goals a season but uh, a great season nonetheless Paddy Lavery welcome back afternoon all I really can't 
at see Ange going to Spurs. It's a basket case of a club. And I would like to think Ange is smart enough to know that. We'll definitely be talking about all the speculation um, that's been spoken about by Ange. It's been spoken about by Greg Taylor as well. But before we do that, Liam, give me your midfield and your reasons why. Right. Um, I think that you, you know, you don't change a winning formula, even though I did just suggest changing the defence. I'm a bit of a hypocrite. But no, I would... Um, uh, Hatate, McGregor, O'Reilly, it's, it picks itself at the moment. Ange has said that Aaron Moy is still struggling for fitness. Um, mm. And like, like we said a minute ago, you don't want to pitch somebody just into a cup final if there's no been playing recently. Um, so even if Moy was fit, I think at best he makes the bench. So, yeah, that's my midfield three. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You know, we were speaking about Hadati going into that game. Um, probably way off his best, Liam. His best being a very high bar. Mm. Uh, but what Ange did, he continually just played him, kept him playing through this. I'm not even going to call it a dip in form. I just think he wasn't back to that sharpness that he had before. And then you've seen him straight off the bat against Aberdeen, right back to his sharpest best, I thought. Do you think that was good man management? Good man management by Ange to let him play through uh, it? Yeah, I would say so. So when when we look at the midfield, then what what are really the the options? I mean, you're not going to throw in like you were saying earlier, James, about throwing somebody in and letting them settle in a cup final. You're not going to throw anybody in. Do you agree with Liam with the with the the trio that he's picked for the cup final? Yeah, I think you've got to go full strength. McGregor picks himself. Matt O'Reilly and Real Hattie, it's got to be that three. I think you touched on Aaron Moy there, how he's not really back to full fitness. I think he's one of the players who pre-season is going to be massive for him. Because if he can get back to full fitness and his best before the season starts, and because we didn't have a fully fit Aaron Moy for the Champions League last year, mm-hmm. and we know the quality Aaron Moy has, so to have him as at his best at our disposal in the Champions League could be vital, even if it's just for closing out games or from the start if disaster strikes and Rio Hattie is off in the summer. But I think you've got to go full strength, no risks, no curveballs. Like Rio Hattie was back to his best and was persistent with him, not the same as last season where it was sort of playing through the pain and burning him out. It was more persistent in getting him back to his best. And we saw closer to that against Aberdeen. And if he could up levels even more for the cup final, which I have no doubts with this Celtic team, we know this team raises the bar and ups the levels for the big occasions like the cup finals that would be my midfield three and should be good enough to get the job done yeah, I can't argue with it. Uh, on the subject to midfield, Lawrence, let us know if you do disagree and any reasons why. But um, one player that doesn't tend to get mentioned when we're talking about you know, getting a game starting in, in the midfield is David Turnbull. Where do you see his career with Celtic progressing? Do you think he'll still be here next season? No, mate. I think Turnbull's off. You know, I think for, for the benefit of him, I think we'll be looking to buy a number 10 in the summer, another attacking midfielder. And it pushes Turnbull further down down the list. When he's come on, he's not really done anything to, to break up that three, has he? To say, look, I should be starting. 
So I think Turnbull will move. Uh, wish him the best. You know, a few years ago they were talking seven eight million for him. If we could get that just now, bite your hand off for it. You know. But it's like you say in relation to the player. 23 years of age, Lawrence, he needs more games. He, he definitely needs more game time. Yeah, definitely. He needs to be played. Does Marley agree? I'm going to go to Liam whilst um, he devours the, the postman. Absolutely. There we go. Uh, Mark Tyler, you're back. Uh, good to see you. Hail, hail. Champions, absolutely, yes. Um, and, and by the way, thanks everybody for getting involved and liking the videos. We spoke yesterday about our uh, charity endeavours and the... Um, Basically, what we're going to do now is every time we do a live event, we are going to be giving the um, the charitable element of that evening to wee Jamie Tierney, and we're going to be raising as much cash as we can for the wee fella. The link is underneath every video that we do now as well, and we will also organise a big event for uh, Jamie. So um, thanks, everybody, for donating yesterday. I noticed there was a few donations coming through, and a few people asked us for the link as well so thanks everybody for supporting uh what we do we just feel that there's a big there's a big platform and a big audience so let's try and um channel that positivity to someone who kind of needs our help as well um in relation to the the top line then liam uh, obviously there's a bit of a question mark around kyogo so I, I guess the question is a you know with regards to O, if he comes in, how happy are you with that as a backup, particularly after that performance at the weekend? I thought he played well against Hibs as well. And do you play Abada or Maeda? I think that's a big question for the, the front three, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, well, again, I'll, I'll, I'll freely declare my bias here, but I would I would go with Maeda over Abada. Um, I think that Inverness are going to be one of those kind of stuffy teams that are going to be hard to break down. So I think that you need, Someone like Maeda with his work rate might be more beneficial than just the raw pace of Avada. Because um, Maeda can dig a bit as well, and if they get physical, I can, I can see Maeda dealing with it better than Avada would as well. Um, I have no issues whatsoever with O getting pitched in if Kyogo doesn't make it. Obviously, I hope Kyogo makes it, but if not, O showed enough over the last few games, particularly the game against Aberdeen, that yeah, he's a more than more than capable deputy. So no qualms there. And Jota is well, he's Jota, right? He's he's playing, no question. Yeah, without a doubt. Listen, another question before I move on to ask James uh, Liam around Maeda. It was very unusual, uncharacteristic. I felt against Hibs. But you have obviously watched him pre-Celtic. Have you ever seen any signs of that? He seemed a, a frustrated figure, almost as if you know he was all drawn to get sent off. And by the way, his first booking I, I thought was very, very soft. But it was yeah. the accumulation of niggly tackles, and it caught up with him, and he gets the red. What I would say about Maeda is that he's a very passionate player, um, and I saw him predominantly playing for Matsumoto Yamaga in the season that they got relegated from the top flight in Japan. And he was... I don't recall him making any rash challenges or getting into any fights or anything, but you could see the anger in him when the team was not at his level. You know, it, it's there's a frustration there when he's basically carrying an entire team and the rest of them can't keep up with him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because unfortunately Yamaga are now in the third tier, uh, whereas Maeda has gone on to play first for Yokohama and now for Celtic. So I think that shows that there was a clear gulf in ability between him and the rest of the team. But 
it's uh, yeah, he's he's a guy who gets frustrated when things don't go his way, and also when opponents might. I don't know. I'm not making any allegations here, but I do wonder if somebody said something inappropriate to him because he did seem to just kind of turn nasty very quickly. Mm, so I, I wonder if something was said that shouldn't have been said. Um, because uh, the thing about Japanese footballers in general is even if they don't speak English, they have an awareness of it. I mean, they, they study English here from um, from the age of age of nine. Mm-hmm. So he will have a rudimentary knowledge of English already in addition to whatever he's learned since he signed for Celtic. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if somebody said something inappropriate to him, it might have just been the trigger. I don't know. I mean, I've no evidence to back that up. I'm only speculating. But he did just seem to turn angry very quickly. So He did. He did. And it was unusual for me. I was just wondering if you had any experience of that. No, good point. I'm going to be speculating when I speak about why Ange Postacoglu is going to be staying at Celtic. You're allowed to speculate on here. James, uh, Maeda, does he start on uh, the weekend for the cup final for you? Yeah, was, is it just a one-game ban for me? He'll be back for the final. I th- yeah. I was taking that for granted. I think so. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yep. If he's back, then yeah, you've got to go. Maeda, Jota, and Kyogo. Hopefully, fingers crossed. He's fit because we know what he can do in the cup finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got to go with that front three. But even as long as Liam said, oh, he's good enough to get the job done against Inverness. But I just want to pick up where he's left up on David Turnbull just a bit earlier. He has his own aspirations. He'll have aspirations for the Scotland squad. And I think I've said it on the podcast before, he was so unlucky with where that injury happened last season. It was right during the cup final, he gets injured. And whilst he's out injured, we bring in Rio Hitati and Matt O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. That's two players in his position, and he doesn't have the chance to fight to win his position back because of the injury. So I think he's just been, that injury has really sort of cursed him since it happened. And he's really far down the pecking order. We rarely see him. If we do see him, it's a 10-minute camo. He never starts. So I think a move away in the summer to try and push back into the Scotland squad. Because when he was at his best, he was very close to starting in that Scotland team, along with Callum McGregor. So I think a move away in the summer is probably something that will be needed for Tumble's career and to get a good bit of money for Celtic as well, hopefully. It's really unfortunate. You can probably trace his um, Celtic, the beginning of his Celtic career to that that night where he starts against Leo Lawrence and um, it was himself. Sorrow looked good that night. Yep. Hazard uh, was in goals that night. And, and Turnbull, that. very desperate. Aye, very desperate. And, and Turnbull, from that moment on, he ended up winning you know, personal accolades that season. He then is a bit of a mainstay in Angie's team right up to that moment that James described. So I do feel sorry for him. But it's just timing. He needs games, and I do expect him to, to move on, unfortunately. What about yourself, Lawrence? Cup final, front three. How does it go for you? For me, uh, Maeda comes in, I think. You know, Abada looked to pull up anyway, but but even if Abada was fit, I'd start Maeda in front of him. Jota it starts as well. Up top, Liv Ferguson, just for the smile. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, I I have watched that meme once or twice. Uh, Joe Hamilton, and just going nowhere, pals. Leave, let's leave the meltdowns to that lot across the city. Yes, I agree with you. Pete McGee, yes, is the answer to your banner question. So now let's talk about something else. Absolutely. That was the first topic of conversation, Pete, and we have given our predictions. Uh, very much the, the start of 11, unless there's a couple of wee injuries here or there, a couple of wee tweaks required. 
Uh, I think we were really impressed by that performance at the weekend. Now, I'm going to ask you absolutely honestly, guys, right, because we could go back on the tapes and we could find out your answers to this, right? But we're looking ahead to next season. We're not, you know, we're not finished this one yet. And I want to know, Liam, I'm going to start with yourself. When I suppose the Coglu came to the club, what were your your expectations uh, for his his debut season? What were your expectations of this campaign? Have we exceeded them? And what are you looking forward to next year? What do you expect next year? Well, having seen what Ange did at Yokohama, which, you know, it took him about 18 months to turn that into a team that could win the league. And I did expect, considering the, the utter shambles that Celtic were in on and off the park when he came in, I... I expected, I mean, I, I thought we would challenge in his first season, but I really, I thought it might take us two years to get back back to being on top. Um, but so year one, he completely exceeded my expectations, winning two trophies when I would have been happy with just winning a cup and challenging for the league because that was what I expected, to be honest. And my worry was that I knew this guy can work, but as, as Jared will tell you on Celtic Down Under, with Ange, it's usually a two- or three-year project with each team that he goes to. So he's actually got Celtic running the way he wants well ahead of schedule. Um, and to me, this season has just been the natural evolution of that. We established our domination in the league last year. We've now extended that to the Cups. We made a, a decent fist of it in a very tough Champions League group, but we were never really at the races. Um, that will come next season that's going to be the target for next season so so far it's an a plus for me he's well ahead of where i thought he would be and where the team i thought would be so yeah i'm delighted with what he's done so far i'm thinking back to something that uh, jim Orr said last week it really got me thinking and um, he, he said to, you know the season that we had on the ranch where we win the double would you um, would you have swapped that for a, a Scottish Cup win and a European final appearance? So I'm going to ask that question as well, Liam. And I'm talking <laughs> at the beginning of that season because for me, the bread and butter is always the league. Got to win the league. And I'm mm. not saying that cups are not important because they are, but you've always got to win that league. Now, when you say European final, does that include, you know, missed penalties and drinking out of toilets, etc.? Because I can definitely do without that. <laughs> no, but definitely wouldn't go down that road. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, no, no, because the thing is, in the fullness of time, I believe that Celtic will be at that level again in Europe. Um, we might not get to a final because our competition is going to be the Champions League. It's not going to be the Europa League or the Conference. Um, especially the season after next when the new setup comes in Celtic are going to be I think a top 20 team in that setup that's going to be kind of our birth of where, we, where we will be so the Europa League in the conference is not going to be a concern for us um, you know other teams may well get to that final again but the more teams that get into the Champions League the more the other competitions are diminished mm -hmm. so really let them brag about it ultimately their first incarnation died trying to win the big cup and their second incarnation is teetering on the brink because they got to a final uh, with you know a squad they couldn't really afford but that's their problem not ours yeah yeah you're absolutely right James McKenzie let's talk about expectations what were you expecting from Ange when he came in 
Um, how how would you compare that to your expectations this season? And of course, next year, right? What do we do next? Well, when Ange first came in, like most, I didn't know anything about him really. But then you do your reading, then you think we could actually have something on with this guy here. We could be in for something. But if I was being realistic after the season that would just come off of, any sort of progress would have been fine for me, cutting the gap down to maybe being 10 points or 5 points behind, and a cup would have sufficed for me. So it surpassed all of our expectations and then some. And to get that title back, because Rangers won the league by such a landslide, if we didn't appoint the right manager, who knows what it could have led off. They could have won the next two titles, the next three titles. So pulling the title back to Celtic Park immediately, straight away that season, was absolutely vital. They surpassed everybody's expectations. But for this season, I was hoping for maybe another two two trophies, the league and the cup, and a bit of progress in Europe. I think we're unlucky to have Real Madrid, the Galacticos, in the group with us. But I feel like we could have done better against Leipzig and we could have done better against Shakhtar. We could have got three points here and there against those two teams. But it had come a bit too early for this Celtic team. I feel like it would to get out of the group it would have been asking a bit too much of Celtic in the Champions League with all the money that Celtic have missed out on from being out of the Champions League the last few years progress in the Champions League is going to take time so I feel like if Ange decides to stay and he stays with Celtic for next season European progress will be the main aim because he's done everything in Scotland if he wraps up this Scottish Cup it's everything he's done the only thing he really has left to complete is Europe do something there whether that's getting out of the Champions League group or dropping out of the Champions League into the Europa League group stages and get a deep run. We just want to see some sort of progress in Europe. You, you spoke about the question from Jim Orr there. I feel like that would have been more enticing towards me because I didn't have a Seville moment. I wasn't alive at that point. I didn't experience it. But as I mentioned there, they're getting that title back and what it's set us up for. We look set to win the league for the next two or three seasons. We don't look like we're going to be really letting up. So you've got to take the league in the cup. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, I would always go, as I say, for the league for a number of reasons. You're the best team if you win the league. Uh, but also what that allows you to, therefore, tap into the following season in relation to Champions League. I don't think we were ready quite for that group, like you say. Uh, but obviously the, the financial element, which is always secondary to me, because I want the success, I want the kudos of that, and the financial, that will come. Um, but I think that that's worked in our favour on this occasion, because we can really 
Um, I hope if the board back Ange, we can really strengthen this summer. Um, Lawrence, what about yourself? What were you thinking when the big fella walked in the building? Well, I was pretty lucky that I got to spend uh, cards on the way, Brian McClare, uh, from Edinburgh to Glasgow, uh, and, and he was kind of just giving me some of his thoughts on him. So, what night was that yeah. again? Yeah, he was through doing Tartan Taste, but that's right. He was uh, right. in the studio, yeah, and back, back to Glasgow with him. So, I had a good chat about Ange. I mean, for me, every season I expect Celtic to win the league with the far the biggest club in Scotland. You know, we should be winning the league every season. I can't expect us to pick up a cup as well. You know, our standards, you know, it's two trophies a year. The century, isn't it? That's the minimum we want anyone to do. Ange came in from the City Group, you know, the, the employee could manage us. So what I didn't expect was, oh, to get to so quickly, was the brand of football, the style of football we went in. Mm-hmm. You know, because it, 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 you know, it's beautiful to watch. And for him to turn that, that round so quickly, yeah, I didn't expect the style of football to change. To, to what we know is Ange Ball or the Celtic way, whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, that that was the unexpected part, just the style he went in. And of course, we're going ahead to, let's hope, wrap up a treble this weekend, Lawrence. Uh, so much you could say about that in relation to the managers who have done it in the past. There's only been four managers who have won a treble um, at Celtic. Ange would become the fifth world record a lot of people say they're not interested in that I think it's an incredible accolade and it's something to be proud of but there afterwards we will be on Axel saying what next because that's obviously the discussion point uh, the Monday after that cup final where do we go from here I think that Ange will have ambitions in Europe it's got to be qualified from the Champions League group you know Gordon Strachan done it you know two last 16s I think you know that's a benchmark, benchmark for Ange. You know there'll be richer clubs in there, but other clubs have done it. You know with smaller budgets have come out of those group stages. So it's really where we need to be aiming to qualify from the group stages. Another treble would be nice. You know I know they happen quite often around about Celtic Park. Yeah, you know these last few years, but we're not going to tire all that, are we? I would never tire of that. Um, it was like when we were seeing the, the celebrations, Liam. Of, of course, it must be difficult for yourself being away from it, uh, being away from the action, watching from afar, Liam. And mm. uh, I've got to give a big shout-out to Will, who I've got to know through doing great, uh, gigs at Gracie's. Uh, Will was the guy who was responsible for that drone footage of um, the celebrations uh, that we spoke about yesterday. You must be watching that, Liam, over there thinking, wow, I wish I was right in amongst it. Aye, I mean, I, you know, I'm aging myself here, but I remember going to the uh, the street party in Royston when we when we won the, the, the treble under the Martin O'Neill season. What a, what an event that was. Um, and, uh, yeah, I definitely, I wanted to, <laughs> I wish I could have somehow been there, but, you know, um, unfortunately, 7,000 miles is a wee bit expensive with a taxi fare, you know, so... <laughs> so you were there so here we are, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to have a celebration over here when the team comes over, hopefully. Um, it would be nice if they, uh, if they follow Man City's lead. When Man City played Yokohama uh, back in 2019, they brought the, the EPL trophy with them. And you could actually like, go and see the trophy before the match. If Celtic do wrap up the treble, as I fully expect they will, that would be a fantastic gesture if they could bring the trophies with them and just put them on display somewhere. 
where fans could go and see it before the game. That would just be superb. It would be brilliant, as long as whoever's responsible for it doesn't lose it, uh, which has <laughs> happened in the past in the States. Uh, you're Right, I, I want to talk about the celebrations because for anybody watching that, right, all around the world, remember uh, the Naples celebrations, James, and we were talking about how, you know, it kind of travelled the world and it was all very, like, visually incredible to watch. That you know, a different kind of celebration, but the way that Celtic went about it and the fan base went about it, for me, was just brilliant. I mean, I didn't see full-scale riots, I didn't see Celtic fans battering each other and all this kind of stuff, which we have obviously witnessed in the past uh, with another fan base in Glasgow. Yet, the uh, narrative surrounding that has been one that has been very negative. And we know why. We know why this this kind of thing happens. I thought 10 arrests was a tiny number when you look at the amount of thousands of people out there celebrating. Um, and then I see that the Green Brigade are organising a march from, is it Glasgow Green, Lawrence? You can keep yes, it right. Green. Up, up to Hamden. Uh, yeah, Tim's in the park. But when I seen <laughs> the, the old T in the Park logo, I thought, you know what? Maybe it just needs to be you know, organised a wee bit better, the celebrations. Maybe we shouldn't do it in a street. Maybe we should have it in a park with a stage and a few bars. Well, well, that's that's, that's what, doable. What's wrong with doing it in the street? You know? what's no, there's nothing wrong. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's utterly bizarre. And most 10 arrests, you know, I don't know if they were Celtic fans. You know, exactly. there was, uh, I believe, uh, other fans out and about that, that day as well. You, you know, many arrests do you normally get in a Glasgow on a Saturday? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, ten ten arrests. It's not a lot. Let's be honest. That you know, Glasgow sat on a Saturday night. Yeah, that's not a lot of arrests. And don't even know if it was Celtic fans. So, yeah, the, the, the media spin on it is a it's a bit bizarre. You know, we should be celebrating this achievement. You know, we should be releasing positive stories. But instead, it's you know, it's negative stories. She said there was no riots, no drinking of lavy water. It was, you know, <laughs> perhaps we don't celebrate the way we're meant to. <laughs> you know, you know. What, what way do they expect you to celebrate, Lawrence? Behind closed doors, quiet, yeah. you know, sitting in the corner, huddled around the a fire. Yeah. Aye. Uh, you know, don't go out and enjoy yourselves. You might have uh, won the league again, but yeah. it's just ridiculous to moan about it. You know, I know. You know people not allowed to gather and celebrate. It's just crazy. And by the way, all I seen was litter, but that that's normal. I mean, any kind of oh, celebration, street kind of event is going to result in that. The Celtic fans, though. You yeah. Know, the Celtic fans stay behind You know, those get, uh, Celtic fans got together and organised cleaning up of the litter. Uh, I believe statues were safe. Benches were safe. You know, it's it, it's just remarkable. And the wider public were safe. James, what were your, your thoughts on that? And again... You can just expect there to be some kind of clampdown. I agree with Lawrence. There should be nothing wrong with it. Should, you know, in ten arrests now, you could probably go to, you know, even a smaller kind of town or city in Scotland like Dunfermline on a Saturday night, and they're going to get probably ten arrests there. You know, just for the the running the mill stuff. So it's not as though that was increased per head because of Celtic fans being there. It's just they're, they're pinning all their hopes on this. And obviously, there's been a police statement and all this nonsense. So this time next year, if we're going for the same kind of uh, success and, and we're going for a league and there's something organised, they're going to clamp down on it. They're going to put a stop to it. So what I'm kind of suggesting is Celtic fans are very, very good at stabilising and organising things. You know, do it somewhere else. Do it in a big field. Do it like a festival. You know, you might see another one this weekend. I've heard talks of that. Another big party after potentially securing a treble. 
I feel like most of the negative opinion towards it has been from non-football fans, from yeah. outsiders looking in. They've just seen it as a massive gathering of drunks destroying streets and whatever. But it's really not that. It's been a year built up to celebrate this day. If something could be organised, uh, not in the street, perhaps like a park, like you were mentioned, that would be that would be great. I don't know if Celtic would want to get involved in organising that because obviously alcohol is banned at football in Scotland nowadays. I don't know if Celtic would organise something like that. I don't know if they would be allowed to. But if the fans could organise something, get something a bit more organised, a bit more cohesive, then that could be great. Hopefully, avoid a lot of this sort of finger pointing that's been going around. Yeah, you're right. And you know, there is this issue, not just non-football fans, but um, these people that look at football fans in a certain way. And that was a big issue back in, I mean, it's been an issue for generations, Lawrence, but back in the days of Thatcher and and everything that happened around that point where football fans were treated as kind of like second-class citizens, you know? And then even to this point where we are now, you can compare the the treatment of football fans versus rugby fans. And, uh, you know, that we are not capable of having a pint of lager at a football game, but you can go and do it at Murrayfield. So I think there's bigger issues here um, with regards to the narrative that we've seen. And uh, hopefully something, if we're stopped from doing it next year, something else can be organising. Who better to organise it than the Celtic fans? Because we're good at that. We're good at stabilising and organising. Um, next thing I want to talk about, it has come up in the, the comments, Liam. It would be foolish to ignore it. Ange Postacoglu must stay and many, many people are saying that. Uh, Alan Stubbs, in actual fact, was saying it's on the blog uh, that I put up earlier on axom.net. Uh, Alan Stubbs has been speaking about the fact that Anne should stay because he should get another crack at the Champions League. Um, I've heard loads of noises around all the nuances of what Anne has said and hasn't said. Do you think a lot of people are just reading too much into it, Liam? Yep, because as we just said... There are large sections of Scotland who will do anything to bring Celtic down. And this is just, this is another facet of the same thing with the manufactured outrage about the the title celebrations. It's just, they're winning, we can't handle it, I want to complain about something. Mm -hmm. So that's why you have this. You know, and just, just, just very quickly to go back to what we were just talking about, right? If they want to stop these celebrations, they want to stop these public gatherings, ban orange walks, then we'll talk. Until then, I don't want to hear another word about it. Because By the way, you're not going to get any disagreements thing. here. It's the same thing. Well, anything that um, happens, any procession, Liam, would result in loads of littering and a handful of arrests. And yeah. you know, So there was nothing different about it. Exactly, exactly. You know? Anyway, the Ange thing. Um, let's just... Take, let's just assume for a second, just to play devil's advocate here, if you were in the position that Angie's in now, where you've got Spurs are possibly interested in you, but Celtic love you, Celtic will give you an improved contract if you want one, that's being heavily touted in various fan media outlets over the last few days. Uh, some some I trust, some I don't, but, you know, it is being floated about. Um, and then you look at Spurs. Uh, we, if we win the the cup on the weekend, we will have won more trophies in the last three months than they have in the last three decades. Right? There's that. There is no European football there. The fans 
have the quite an annoying, outrageous, but again, completely typical of EPL entitlement. Uh, who is this Scottish-Australian non-entity? Um, the dismissive arrogance is not surprising, but it is, I think, quite offensive, um, especially from a club who are perennial losers. Um, Ange is not the sort of manager who would last at a club where finishing seventh is considered a great season. Right? Ange doesn't do mediocrity. Ange is a winner. Mm-hmm. And he can continue to be a winner at Celtic, or he can go to Spurs, probably get a lot more money, but very, very little job satisfaction. And Spurs being what they are, and again, that delusional entitlement that their fans have that they are a big club, they're not, right? Um, They are, I would say, the fourth biggest club in London, and probably about the ninth or tenth biggest club in the UK uh, sorry in England in England um, you know West Ham are a bigger club bigger support Chelsea as much as I don't like them are a bigger club Arsenal are a bigger club and that's just in London alone um, and Spurs team, seem to sack managers you know every <laughs> every couple of minutes so Ange as I said before when he went to Yokohama that was a two-year project. When he went to the Australian national team, that took time to turn them into Asian Cup winners. And that was at a time when Australia were perhaps the third or fourth ranked team in Asia. So they, they were not expected to win that Asian Cup when they did. You know, Japan, Korea, and arguably Iran all had better teams at that, at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got the just the kind of all the how can I put it? The kind of I'm trying to think of a way to say this without swearing. The the sort of tangential, irrelevant BS that goes with being a manager in England. The constant invasions into your privacy. The constant ridiculous, um, you know, demanding that managers get sacked after they lose one or two games. Um, fans who just have no idea about what real football is because anyone who spent 10 minutes reading reading on Ange's profile would know that he's not some non-entity who manages in Scotland. He's a very accomplished, internationally successful manager who has earned the right to be Celtic manager and he's good enough for Spurs. But quite frankly, a club with Spurs and a fan base with that attitude do not deserve a manager like Ange. No, you're right. Over. <laughs> the success over three continents. I mean, how many managers could yeah. say that? I mean, James, the big thing for me, and I said it yesterday, I, I don't have a concern, not because I don't um, laud the man. I think he's absolutely incredible. He's He's been my favourite manager since Martin O'Neill, no doubt about it. And the way that he goes about his business, the way that he deals with Celtic supporters, the way that he speaks passionately, and it isn't just... Um, you know, basically giving you the flowery, you know what that a lot of other managers have given us in the past. He, he actually understands what he's talking about. Um, and what I've basically said is, you know, with regards to the the actual comments that he's made, is probably because there is an, an announcement to be made at some point. So he's just concentrating on his job. He's going about doing his job. He's he's probably been told, let's not talk about this, and he hasn't. He's responded time and time again to the same questions. Um, and, you know, an announcement may or may not be made, but when it comes round to day one of next season, 
he will be the manager of Celtic. I'm very confident of that. I'm overconfident. What's your thoughts, James? Yeah, I've got fingers crossed like everybody that will sign a new contract. But when it comes to potentially taking the Spurs job, I don't think... I wouldn't be as surprised as a lot of people would be if he took the Spurs job. It's not It's not going to be like Brendan Rodgers when he jumped ship to Leicester three quarters of the way for the season when the job was there still to be done. If Ange was to leave Celtic this summer, he would go with my good graces because of he'd done the job that he came in to do in the first place. His job was to bring Celtic back to where they should have been in the first place, and he's done that. So arguably you could say his job's complete as Celtic, and we might be getting greedy asking for progress in Europe, something we haven't seen from a Celtic manager in over 10 years. And the way you look at the Premier League, for, for managers, the Premier League is the be-all, end-all. Our managers like Unai Emery, who had won Europa Leagues with Villarreal, is settling for Aston Villa. You've got Julian Lopetegui, who was the Spanish national team manager, going to Wolverhampton. You have these, but Carl Angelotti was the Everton manager about two years ago. The, manager, the Premier League is the big league, and the big six in the Premier League is probably one of the most lucrative jobs you can get in football outside of the champions of the other teams in the top five leagues. So for Ange to take the Spurs job, I wouldn't be very surprised. Celtic is a bigger club than Spurs, a bigger history, but we don't have the money Spurs have. We don't have the Premier League football Spurs have, and we don't have the potential to perhaps do something in the Champions League. Spurs got to the final about three or four years ago. I think there's a lot of things that point to him potentially taking that Spurs job. But I'd like to think that his job isn't done at Celtic yet and he can stay with us for another year. Listen, James, I think um, that's something to think about, certainly. Anybody that uh, is probably in, in my in my boat is listening to you and the way that you've actually uh, built that side of the argument and thinking, OK, uh, right, I get that. I still don't want to believe it. Uh, <laughs> Lawrence, what about yourself? Um, how are you feeling about the big fella? Another, another year at the helm, at least. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty relaxed, you know. Uh, if he goes, he goes, you know. He, you know, Celtic's the constant, isn't it? He's, he's come in, he's revitalised the squad. You know, we're dominant in, in Scottish football. I think that would continue with or without Ange. You know, if he chooses Spurs, Just at that point, it looks as though you're frozen, Lawrence, which is maybe a good thing because you were just talking Andrew at the building there. So if you if you start up again, we'll come back to you. Uh, John Sweeney, let's concentrate on the cup final and think about other things afterwards. Yeah, I totally get that. And I think that's maybe what, what Angie's approach has been when he's been getting asked these questions time and time again. Uh, Lawrence definitely has frozen. Maybe the dog's chewed the uh, connection wire. I don't know. Uh, the Urban Culture, we'll see if we can get him back in. Gardening abandoned. It's Axon time. Too hot anyway. It's never too hot. Uh, but thank you for joining us. It's always an absolute pleasure. And this is what I've loved. This isn't a plug. This is what I have loved about doing the um, Axon Live events this uh, this this year because what's, what's been happening is we've been meeting people that appear as avatars and names on your screen and we've actually been meeting them. So that, that's been fantastic. Thanks very much for everybody getting involved in that. Joe Hamilton, the Bears are winning the next season trophy again. Yeah, we forgot about that one. They're going to be come back, coming back bigger and stronger and better. Uh, Big Red, good to, to hear from you. Um, maybe get an axe on doing a festival in the green. I would love that. Bit of an organisational nightmare, but I would love it. Yeah, that would be good. And AG, 
uh, SC Tech, at least Celtic fans were, weren't pumping unwanted marching band music against the wishes of at least 80% of ordinary citizens. That's the point I think that uh, Liam made earlier. Thank you very much for that. Um, and we'll be bringing more of your points up. I'm just going to see if we can get Le- Lawrence back in the room. There he is. You were just you were just saying how much that uh, it would devastate your evangelist to leave Celtic, Lawrence. Yeah, not at all, mate. You know, you know, Celtic's still constant, isn't it? Uh, I think Spurs would be the wrong wrong choice for them. You know, they've not been successful since since Bill Nicholson late fifties, and he left them in I don't know seventy three or seventy four or something. I, I, they seem to sack managers rather quickly. James touched on it. They got to a, a Champions League final. The next season they sacked that manager. I'm not too sure that would be the right club for him. I think when he does leave Celtic, he will go to the EPL. Totally get you know that's where managers want to go, and they throw obscene amounts of money uh, to take them there. So yeah, I've no doubt he will go there. I think we'll get another year out of him. Uh, you know, hopefully we get progress in Europe. Put a lot of stock in you know what Gordon Strachan said. You know, managers have a, have a shelf life at big clubs of about three years. So, you know, if we get more than three years out, Ange, I think we're going to be, be doing well. But I don't think it will this season. No, good. I'm glad you came back after that little uh, mishap with the technical. It sounded as though you were quite happy for the big man to go there. Dear me. You know what people are like, man. They just read into these things, Lawrence. They'll clip it. It'll be on the socials. And it won't be as popular as the Celtic woman's meme. Robert Gibson, 10 arrests, seen more than that at a house party. Yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and there's someone here actually claiming to have been arrested more times than 10. Uh, I'll not bring you up. Pete McGee, heard the Green Brigade and others were out cleaning up the litter until midnight. That does not surprise me in the slightest um, after. Everything that they've done for the club, uh, that does not surprise me. Now, I want to talk about uh, also the, the penalty situation this season, Liam. Um, the, the, the league campaign has finished. Uh, Rangers were going for 55 this time round. They got it. Um, Celtic conceded eight penalties this season. Rangers did not concede a single one. Now, you would expect the two dominant teams in Scottish football, I use that word loosely in terms of domination over the other teams, um, to be in the opposition box roughly the same percentage of time. I'd like to see the stats. Mm-hmm. And in their own penalty box defending roughly the same length of time. Would, would we agree with that? That might be a swing somewhere here or there. However, there seems to be this anomaly where Rangers have not conceded a penalty. How can this be explained? Liam Carrigan, I'm going to ask you first. Well, um, I'm going to use a, a quote here, which I think was from Star Trek. Um, <laughs> uh, an anomaly is something that happens once or twice without prior knowledge. A pattern is something that happens consistently. I like that. We do not have an anomaly here. We have a pattern. Mm-hmm. We have a pattern of one team getting favourable treatment. And call us paranoid, call us whatever you want. It is a statistical fact that they are getting preferential treatment. No, you're right. I like that uh, Star Trek uh, quote. <laughs> We, we do go down some rabbit holes on Axom, but that's when I think he came back out the rabbit hole with a fantastic quote. Look at this, Tifo in the park. That would work. <laughs> yeah. That would work. Right, Lawrence, I know you're dying to get in on this action, so I'm going to go to James first. James, how can you explain it? I can't. The, the only thing I can really <laughs> think of is the law of averages if you're 
Celtic and Rangers, chances are we're going to be attacking more. We're going to be more dominant, so we'd concede less penalties. But then, if you compare the two clubs, it's, uh, I, I can't explain it. When when it's a meme, when penalty to Rangers is a meme, I think that that says it all. Really, that, that says no. it all. No, you're right. I'm going to come to Lawrence. We we speak about it a lot, uh, sometimes tongue in cheek, Lawrence. But I mean, it's just it is a pattern. And and when you're a club like Celtic, and you're you're winning the treble and you're dominating the game, hopefully winning the treble. Sorry, caveat. And you're absolutely dominating the Scottish game. You've conceded eight more penalties than your closest challengers, who have conceded none. It's it's an absolute shocker of a start. Um, and as Liam says, it is a pattern, not an anomaly. Well, mate, you know, these refs have a, a hard job, I think, you know, they're a bit harsh on them at times, you know, and we need to look at what happens when they give decisions against Rangers. You know, threats made in their lives, etc. They're maybe just frightened to give it. Maybe it isn't cheating, which a lot of us suspect. And whatever it is, you know, the, the authorities need to act on it and look at the stats and go, this isn't right. You know, Connor Goldson, you know, he's the amount of saves he's had for Rangers. You know, he's probably the best keeper this season. But <laughs> they should be looking at bringing in foreign reps. They, they need to go, well, look, the referee's here. If they give a decision against Rangers, they're placed in danger. So they're maybe just frightened to give it. So they need to take, I suppose, the safeties of refs into consideration. One way is, you know, fly foreign refs in for it. Take them out the firing line here. If they, if they aren't genuinely, you know, if it's not cheating, it's just genuinely frightened to give a decision against them. You know, the refs should be saying that, saying, look, we can't give decisions against them. We're too frightened of the repercussions of that. Can you take us out the firing line? You know, you'd expect the refs to stand up and say that, if that's the case, if it's not cheating. You know, either way, you know, you've got a statistical problem here. And yeah. I thought if you're looking at going, right, there's something seriously wrong here. How do other leagues ta- tackle this allegation of bias? They get refs in from other countries. Why wouldn't Scotland do it? It, it just seems extremely strange. It does It does seem extremely strange. And uh, you were talking there about referees being scared to make a decision. I think there's been a lot of fear in actually highlighting that. And it was eventually highlighted by Peter Martin quite recently. He brought it up. Uh, so fair play to Peter. Uh, Tony Cassidy says there's a guy sitting in Liam's seat wearing a normal T-shirt. What's going on, Liam? Well, <laughs> <laughs> in fairness, I literally got back from the gym about 20 minutes before we got on air. So I'm I'm wearing a Terminator T-shirt. That was the first thing I could grab at the after I came out the shower. So yeah, nice. Uh, no, no fancy fit butt ups today, unfortunately, but. Stay tuned next week. Stay tuned for next week. Absolutely. Lanky, watch this. I can see our board giving Ange a new contract for four years. You know this? I'm absolutely in agreement with that. And look at that avatar. Incredible TIFO. And then the words by Ange after the game uh, where he references Tommy Burns' famous speech after the 1988 Scottish Cup uh, win against Dundee United. And he's right. We are always there. We are the constant. And, and some people read into that to say that I'm passing by. You're the constant. I hope that's not the case. Paddy Lavery, big shout out to you and also um, to Shah, uh, the big fella, uh, wearing his axe on top in that picture and also on his own podcast as well. I've got to say, it's been an absolute pleasure today uh, with the boys. And um, we do have a, a live event coming up with Gordon Strachan, who has been mentioned a few times this week and last 
I, I think we're at about 50% on the ticket sales were a month to go. So that looks like it will sell out. Um, so get involved. It's going to be a cracking night with Gordon Strachan that bars art and design. And we will be running that night a charity drive in the halftime break for wee Jamie Tierney. Uh, Jamie, we spoke about yesterday. And last year we actually had his old fella. I say old fella, he's younger than me. But he could still be old, um, on Axon talking about his son's condition. We're going to try and help as much as we can raise funds uh, for Jamie Tierney's uh, treatment that he needs three times a year. It's an absolute pleasure to be the host of today's show on a Tuesday. It's normally Natasha, but I thought I'd sit in for Natasha this week. Uh, so all that's left for me to say is Liam Carrigan, Lawrence Connolly, James McKenzie, have a great week and thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network.